Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast with LF Insights, where we take a look at interesting topics. We discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrewer and I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Cogill of LF Insights. And this week we're discussing undercooked hamburgers and the perception of risk. Okay, so as you both know, undercooked hamburgers are a bit of a bugbear of mine. Um, Gourmet hamburgers are an extremely popular thing in London at the moment and probably elsewhere. But part of that popularity or fashion is to have them cooked rare or medium so that they're still a bit bloody. Uh, And it's my my understanding from um, good sources like uh, documentaries on TV and Panorama, I believe, and things like that, that this is not good because with minced meat, unlike a steak, for example... With minced meat, bacteria gets mixed into the centre of the hamburger and needs to be cooked thoroughly to kill it off, um, which doesn't happen um, if, if you're having a hamburger. But you, I think you both, I know Nick certainly disagrees with me on this, um, perhaps Peter as well. So tell me why I'm, why I'm wrong to not want to die of food poisoning from an undercooked hamburger. Well, it, it reminds me of the... Um... Of a, when I was in, uh, in at a NATO conference a few years ago, and there was a, it was in Europe somewhere, and um, there was a US representative there who was who was based in NATO, and he said that when he first got there, first got to to, to Europe, uh, he was disgusted to find that in pubs, in bars, they they didn't sort of steam clean their glasses; they would just give them a quick squirt under the tap, mm. and then fill them up and give them to another customer. And then he said, but you know, the thing is, we're all still here. And that's that's really what I'm saying. Um, mm. Now, the interesting thing about trying to estimate risks: how, how likely are you to die of a um, die of food poisoning through eating an undercooked burger? Well, the question is, um, how, how much have we got any data on that? Well, we probably don't have access to uh, a really good data set for the country as a whole. But we personally, simply through virtue of knowing lots of people, and and through the assumption that that dying of food poisoning through undercooked burgers is something you'd hear about if it happened to one of your friends. Um, we actually do have quite a lot of data. We, we know we probably know between 100 and 200 people, and um, each of them knows between 100 and 200 people. Um, so my question to you really would be, who, who do you know who it's happened to? Well, I'm not going to answer that question um, because I don't think it's a valid question. Because let's say the risks are one in thousand, for example. I only know about a hundred people, let's say. And even though I know those a hundred people, whenever we have chats about stuff, our first topic of conversation is not the the daily da- disasters that we've managed to avoid. If, if one of your us. friends died of eating an undercooked burger, <laughs> you would definitely know about it. Now, so you've got a hundred friends, and yeah. and and you've known them for let's say an average of ten years. Yeah. So that is already the one in a thousand, more or less. You would, if it's one in a thousand, you would have expected it to have happened to one of your friends by now. I think I think that, one, th- one in one thousand is probably too. But I, um, too I low. think I, I think, um, and, and bear in mind, obviously, we are only talking about the population of people who are potentially going to be eating undercooked burgers. Yeah. Um, but the but the uh, so so it's probably lower than one in a thousand. Let's start there. And I also like to think that probably if if one of my friends' friends died of eating a an undercooked burger they'd be on the phone to tell you about uh, it not necessarily but i may have heard of it i, may, I might have heard <laughs> about it that would be surprising okay I, well hold on let, 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 does anyone here know anyone not just from hamburgers but 
because people are always talking about oh i had a bit of food poisoning you today yesterday and i always think no you didn't you know how do you know and um, and so does anyone here know someone who's definitely had food poisoning of some kind oh come on I died of it that's what we're talking no no, about. no 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 let's no let's start low does anyone here know anyone who's had food poisoning it definitely was food poisoning yes, peter yeah, yeah okay yeah. right all right yeah, um, I've had it loads of times. So so we know that the probability of getting some sort of food poisoning is probably, I, it probably happens to me about, you know, once every uh, few years. So it's, it's, you know, with a normal kind of diet, so you're probably yeah. looking at one in five, one in 10 chance per year of, of getting food poisoning. Okay, but let's look at this in another way. I've got some statistics in, in front of me here, which I'm not going to go into them just yet. But let, let's sort of turn it around slightly and say, well, look, if there is, and actually, Peter, perhaps you can answer this. If there is some sort of risk of some kind, shouldn't we just 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 avoid that, okay? And look at the trade-off here to have, hey, no, I want my nice juicy bloody burger. And well, just... it, I mean, it, it, sort of, it comes down to really what do you want to get out of life? I mean, if you want a really boring life where you take absolutely no risk and do nothing at all and stay at home, that's fine. You'll, you'll totally maximise your, uh, your sort of lifespan, uh, saving, you know, ignoring the fact that you might... You might suffer sort of the psychological trauma of being locked away from from everybody but you'll 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 live you'll live to 90 100 easily mm. um but you'll have had a very boring existence you know you you, you won't have had uh those juicy burgers you know, they they that you won't have had the thrill of uh of eating wherever you wanted whatever you wanted um uh and it, it, for me the risk is kind of worth it you know i, I haven't done the maths but i know uh, through the sort of friends of friends of friends uh, uh, kind of methodology that you know I don't know anyone who's died of eating a dodgy hamburger not yet um, not yet uh, I'm not saying it's impossible but I've not I don't know of anyone so my my, my sort of perception of that risk is quite low uh, it's certainly lower than the enjoyment I think I'll get from having a having that burger okay okay I, so whereas I do know for example I know people who have not been killed necessarily but have been seriously injured. Uh, in doing sort of sporting activities, so so you know that is a sort of risk. I know people who've 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 been severely injured uh, cycling. Um, I, probably I know the same number of cyclists as I know really committed burger eaters. So I know that the probability of getting of getting food poisoning from an undercooked burger is pr- is probably considerably lower than than yeah. of, than of being injured while while cycling. Well, in defence of your argument, I think you probably know more committed burger eaters than you do cyclists. But um, anyway, so look, I think I, I'm not sure what year this was. I think it was 2012 in the US. E. coli 0157H7, um, um, the pathogen most commonly associated with ground beef, caused an estimated 96,000 illnesses, 3,200 hospitalizations, and 31 deaths in the year. So this is each year. Uh, which incidentally adds up to about 405 million um, annual healthcare expenses. So um, that is my devastating evidence that I lay before you. But um, moving beyond... Well, wait, wait, wait. so what we're saying is that, and I I can't remember the figure offhand for murders in the US, but I I think it's in the tens of thousands, certainly. I mean, in the UK, it's about 500 a year, I think. But in the the US, it's, it's, it's tens of thousands, I think. Um, but but you know contrast that with the deaths from E. coli, which you just admitted were, were thir- thirty one. You should be a it's, lawyer. It's, <laughs> that is that is uh, it's how many orders of magnitude? Well, there are about three hundred million, I think. Yeah, yes. but but it, that I mean, it's it's not quite. It's it's in a different. It's in a different. It's in league. a different league. 
Yeah. I like I like the way you, no, you, you I like your you language can, there. You, we you can, have admitted with and we can improve this model slightly. <laughs> okay, so we on. can probably discount a large number of those deaths because they they will be eating in the sorts of places that we would not choose to eat. Right. So places with are clearly of a lowest food hygiene. Well, um, actually, incidentally, part of the same study showed that um, that uh, where most of this happened actually was uh, in the home. That's the sort of worst place to do this. Well, yeah, just poor hygiene practices. Okay, but then yes, maybe. But then yeah, I I wouldn't cook an undercooked burger at home. I don't mainly because I don't eat burgers at home. But I know that that any burger (laughs) I get out the freezer or I get get from the butcher hasn't been freshly ground. You know, hasn't been ground from from steak meat very recently. Okay. Whereas you know, um, I, I I put my trust in restaurateurs when they say this is a steak ground beef. This is steak ground beef. Then. Yeah, that's probably... And that's good for you. It's good for me. Um, okay, look, I just want to move it on slightly. So... Um, can I Can I actually okay, no, can I unmove it on? Sure, It's okay. just, it goes back to what you were asking earlier, which is about, about the question of the extent to which we should be trying to um, trade risk off against benefit. Hmm. If you don't like undercooked burgers, then not eating them definitely strictly dominates eating them if you just simply rather have a well-cooked burger because you like the taste um now the, the question is that that trade-off is really fundamental the trade-off between a an out uh, trying to do something which has a higher benefit but also potentially a higher risk mm. is the essence of decision making under uncertainty it's, it's a um it's and the interesting it's interesting well obviously when you now the thing is it's relatively straightforward when the probabilities are in about the kind of you know, 20 30 percent that sort of order of magnitude and the difference between the outcomes you know maybe it's twice as good or or whatever the um it, it becomes much harder to manage certainly cognitively and and statistically as well um when when the probabilities get very very small and the outcomes are extremely um extremely large uh one side or the other so when you're you know if, that's why that's why we have a there's there's a real a, a statistical um field really looking at these very extreme events of which we have very uh, few statistical examples so th- things like what's the risk of there being a sort of catastrophic um meteor strike or a catastrophic um nuclear war or something where where very small changes in how bad we think those things are or very small changes in what we think the probability are uh have a very dramatic impact on what our optimal decision is okay i think i got most of that um i mean it often seems to be the case when we talk about stuff that it, it boils down to um hey everything looks like it's like this but actually when you have a closer look really it's like this um and in this particular case i mean we've 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 kind of talked about it here a little bit but when we first discussed this over a hamburger actually um you um yeah you said have you sort of you know my friends model that sort of thing so uh, you know do you know anyone who this has happened to and do they know anyone who this has happened to in this particular case it was hamburgers now so is this is is this have you have you patented this model? Is, is, no, and in and fact, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, uh, I, it was inspired by something uh, Stephen Pinker said in his book, um, The Better Angels of Our Nature, which looks at the decline of violence in um, across the globe in all sorts of different categories. Mm. And um, he uh, is using it as a way of putting into context um, murder frequency, frequency statistics, which are always expressed for some reason as um, it's numbers per hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and um, the question is, you know, if it, and the, the the idea being that if you lived in somewhere like Colombia, which has a, a murder rate where I think that figure is in the tens per hundreds of thousands, yeah, um, 
you are likely to know someone who has been murdered. But yeah. if but if but if uh, if it's lower than that, if it's sort of in the ones, then you will know someone who knows someone who's been murdered. And if it's in if it's considerably lower than that, as it is in the UK, yeah, th- even that is very mo- most most people won't know someone who knows someone who's been murdered. So. And that that sort of inspired me to have a bit more of a think about that, and 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 then really just realise that we we all have access to our own pers- personal quite sizable data set, um, which we could use in principle just just at least for a starting estimate of the risks of things. Can you give me two or three other examples where you might use it? Um, well, I, I've got some real life stats which we could uh, which we could use. In fact, we could start here, right? As long as you're, between yeah. being the victim of a burglary. Okay. So what? Who do you? Fraser, do you know? Yeah. Have you, have you been the victim of a burglary? Uh, my family was when we were. Right. Okay. Yeah. So th- that's a friend. Uh, Peter, been the victim of a burglary? Not personally, no. Okay. I... Well, I I have. So we've got. Um. I. You know, it's happened to me once, and it and uh or, or twice. So so I, I reckon the order of magnitude is talking. We're looking at about sort of one one in fifty, one in a hundred a year, and in fact that is in the UK about right. Uh, you using your, you know, has it happened to a friend? Mm. Um, would would come up with a um, uh, would come up with a, a lower estimate, but perhaps burglary is less frequent in the okay. lovely places you live. Other other well, indeed, other stuff. Anything else? Uh, divorce. Okay, been divorced? Uh, no, not personally. Please, not personally. No, no, I'm no not personally either. Early so, days yet. So, so, but has do you know other friends who've been divorced? Do you have friends who? Um, yes. So uh, you know we're talking about one in a hundred to one in a, one in a thousand sort of estimates. But hold on, isn't that sorry? Was that similar or not? Per year. To, sorry, to, I'm talking to, about per year, not ever in your was life. Was that similar to the the numbers for burglary? Yeah, it's not far off. So you're They're as divorce, likely to get divorces, divorced each year as you are. No, to no, you're more likely to be burgled. Um, it's about one in three hundred people per year get divorced. Not okay. one in three hundred married people. Obviously, that's the thing. If you're actually married, that your risk is considerably higher than if you're not married. <laughs> it's very unlikely if so, you're not married. So the key to not getting divorced is clearly to not marry. I, I exactly. So I mean, and again, we, this we, goes back to our our issue about are we? You know, we've got to trade off the slightly higher benefit, perhaps I, slightly higher. That's a bit mean. The the higher benefits of getting married with the potential perhaps risks of distress if you get divorced. Mm. Yeah, and we've not even begun to discuss the um, the conditional probabilities of what likelihood of getting divorced having been burgled, but that's a whole other topic. Right, well, right exactly. Yeah. Well, that would be interesting. I bet you'd be more likely to uh, to get burgled. We, I mean, I think this is a topic for another uh, podcast. Is why we why we the extent to which we should use expected outcome as a guide to to what we should do. Um, it's not it's not actually as straightforward as as it seems. Very good. Well, that seems like an appropriate note to wrap up on. Well, I, I just want to add, though, that the menace is is not um, undercooked burgers. It's brioche buns. And I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even against brioche buns particularly, but I am against not having a choice. OK. <laughs> and um, but but do you like because where we go? I mean, we've just just to highlight, we've not been recording these uh, for that long, but we've certainly fallen into a routine of after recording a podcast, we will go off and have a hamburger. And I believe at that place they do brioche. Yeah, there's um, no choice. Right. And But given the choice, would you rather not have a brioche bun with your... Sometimes I think I'd like to have a, a toasted sourdough bun. Okay. And I, I don't think that makes me a criminal. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think, you know, that 
I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> All that sounds fine, and we're in favour of choice. Um, okay, well, look, we'll wrap. Peter, anything to add? Well, have we talked to you around, Fraser? How are you having your burger? Not really. Today? No, 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 no. So, no, absolutely not. So today, I will not be having a, a bloody burger, um, because no, you've not talked to me around at all. Because I think. Um, I think it is potentially dangerous. You can get E. coli and die horribly. And I'm actually a not, I'm not a risk-averse person. I, I will take risks. You know, I will do certain things. But um, I just know it's just, it, it, there is a danger still, you know. And I, I yeah, I do like my steaks uh, sort of medium, etc. And I probably, w- I do probably like the taste of, of a burger that's medium. It doesn't dry out, etc. But But now I've seen these devastating statistics um i'm i'm sorry i'm just not convinced by your argument determinedly irrational (laughs) (laughs) and on that note we'll wrap up so thank you to everyone uh, as always for listening to the cognitive engineering podcast with lf insights um i'm fraser mcgrew and we've been here with peter coggill nick Hare. thank you very much until next time bye-bye